Atypical Vart is created by Rabbi Ari Koretsky, host of Jews You Should Know, a great podcast available on all platforms. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. You know a procedure is going to be painful when it is the punchline in jokes about other unpleasant situations. As in, going to that meeting was like getting a root canal. Well, this past week I did in fact have a root canal performed. On tooth number 30, for those following at home. And it was a difficult couple of hours. While ahead of time I did not do much research and simply nodded obediently when instructed when and where to appear for my appointment, I did conduct some post-op sleuthing. According to the eminent endodontic experts at Wikipedia, a root canal is, quote, a treatment sequence for the infected pulp of a tooth which is intended to result in the elimination of infection and the protection of the decontaminated tooth from future microbial invasion. In layman's terms, it means excising the rot from within to allow for restorative growth moving forward. I've been playing with this description as a possible metaphor for the central story of our Parsha. One of the most enigmatic stories in the Torah straddles the end of last week's and beginning of this week's Torah portions. Pinchas sees Zimri, son of a major Jewish leader, acting immorally in public with the daughter of a Midianite prince. Understanding this as a threat to the moral fabric of the entire nation, he stands up and takes lethal action against them. As a result... God blesses Pinchas with a covenant of peace. This seems quite ironic, a covenant of peace in reward for an act of violence. We tend to construe peace as the mending of relations between two or more quarreling parties, whether spouses, friends, or countries. And yet, if we consider our current story, this covenant of peace actually emerged from the removal of a threat. Pinchas never made peace with Zimri and his immoral behavior, but rather eliminated it, thereby restoring the equilibrium. At times in life, we must acknowledge that a relationship or circumstance is simply too toxic to endure further. In those moments, we need the courage to excise these threats, or at the very least, to walk away. One of the thorniest questions we face is when the correct path to peace is by disengaging, and when an act of reconciliation offers the better choice. By what yardstick can we determine the preferred course of action? While the resolution to this quandary surely varies from case to case, perhaps we can identify some broad principles through which to evaluate it. I believe that a vast difference exists between one who begrudgingly must prosecute a painful verdict and one who lusts for vengeance in his heart. Perhaps for this reason, the Parsha opens by tracing Pinchas' lineage back two generations rather than the standard one to remind us that he was the grandson of Aaron, the high priest, and the quintessential man of peace, referenced in Ethics of the Fathers as one who loves peace and pursues peace. The double language of that teaching is instructive. I believe it signals that we must not only take the actions of reconciliation, chase peace, but fundamentally cherish this value and yearn for its expression, love peace. Only God knows whether our true desire is to preserve relationships or whether we secretly enjoy expelling others from our community. 
In this respect, from the Torah's perspective, abrogating a relationship or purging someone from the community appears to be an absolute last resort. The zealotry story is shocking precisely because it is so anomalous. In fact, even Moshe himself forgot the ruling in such a situation. An amputation, while occasionally necessary, is never a pleasant or welcome procedure, and it leaves its mark, even while preserving the greater whole. The Canadian novelist Margaret Atwood wrote that a divorce is like an amputation. You survive, but there's less of you. To wit, the Torah licenses divorce, but tellingly refers to the formal divorce document as a, quote, contract of excision. At times we must make a cut, but a cut it remains. The covenant of peace with which Pinchas was blessed, then, may have served as both a warning and a consolation, as if to remind him that he remained, and must always remain, fundamentally a man of peace, despite the need to act decisively in this one instance. We face complex challenges in life, whether geopolitically or personally, and are constantly determining when to endure an association and when to expunge it. As usual, the Torah presents a beautiful and balanced blend. Our default must be to preserve relationships, but we must also be prepared to exit them should they prove overly damaging or toxic, reclaiming right after our own covenant of peace. Wishing you all a true Shabbat Shalom, a Shabbat of completion and peace. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 